Hello, I'm the doctor. Hello Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary, thank you very much for joining me. This is episode 7. I hope you guys have been well. Uh, I've been up to much the last uh, week or two since episode 6. Um, but I have been really, really busy with um, the boring day job and all that kind of stuff. So apologies for no podcast last Friday. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys have been well. This episode, um, we're going to run through some newsy bits um, that have been with us. Um, one that was come out the last couple of days the other bits have been around for a week or so um, this episode's TARDIS talk I'm going to look forward to uh, series 8 with Mr Capaldi um, so I'm going to give you 5 things that I'm uh, particularly looking forward to for that series this episode's retrospective a bit of a different one this episode I'm not going to look back too far to the classic um, era um, as I've done that for the past well since the beginning of this podcast really so for the last six episodes they've all been classic which is no bad thing but um, i'm going to change up a bit this uh, episode and give you a a bit more of a modern one um and then we're going to wrap so uh first of all let's kick off uh with the news um so yeah so this is kind of a surprising one to me um and it's it's around a poll as well because I think um, polls are, are a very strange beast. Um, in the last uh, podcast episode, when I was joined by um, uh, Adam uh, Charlton from the Geeks Handbag, we were talking um, we were talking through a lot about the recent poll in the official Doctor Who magazine, and we were quite surprised by the number one pick. Um, and there's been some more news about a poll that's been run by um, SFX magazine. Uh, so those of you who know the magazine, it's a very popular, um, mainly uh, sci-fi, horror kind of uh, TV movies uh, magazine. And they run this, um, uh, they, well, they've run this, I'm not sure if they've done it before, um, but they've run through um, this poll to um, try and find out what the um, the best moment in uh, sci-fi, horror and fantasy um, to mark the 250th uh, issue. So I thought that was quite cool, and but the result is quite surprising. I mean, it's a good result, don't get me wrong. It's it's great for Doctor Who fans and, and the world of Doctor Who, but um, it's quite surprising. Um, so they ran this poll, and uh, 90, just over 96,000 people had voted. So it's, it was quite a hefty, um, a hefty uh, vote. Um, the net was cast quite wide. And the, the winning vote was... Uh, this moment of Doctor Who, and uh, surprisingly, it's the it's the goodbye um, emotional scene that happens in Bad Wolf Bay um, when Rose, you know, finally actually says the words to the Doctor that she loves him, and uh, but because she's in another universe and the Doctor can't sustain enough energy to uh, to talk to her and actually reveal his feelings back to her, he kind of disappears, and it, it is very emotional. It's very sad, but. Um, like I said, it's kind of a surprising uh, result for me because, you know, is this possibly the best moment in all of science fiction and all of horror and all of fantasy? You know, is it the best moment? Um, you know, I'm not going to argue too much. Like I said, it's uh, it's great for Who fans, but um, the, uh, the sad goodbye scene um, at Bad Wolf Bay. It's 
I love you. It's quite right. <laughs> and I suppose <laughs> it's my last chance to say it. Rose Tyler. Very sad. Very sad, but very, very good. Uh, good touching scene. And, you know, fair play uh, for um, for obviously a, a huge number of people voting for it. Really, really big, uh, big poll there. So cool. Um, it's always good when Doctor Who wins stuff like that. Uh, just spreads a bit more of um, a bit more recognition across the, the world of sci-fi and stuff that you don't mess with the who. OK, where it concerns emotional, touching sci-fi. You don't mess with the who. There you go. Uh, second bit of news. Uh, comics. Love Doctor Who comics. And um, I've recently picked up uh, a couple of um, uh, graphic novels and comics that I hadn't owned before. So I'm getting stuck into those. But it looks like there's some really, really cool um, comics on the way. Um, I think not last episode, but the episode before that. In that new section, I... Um, I told you guys that there was going to be a new run of comics by uh, Titan Comics and it was going to be about the 10th and 11th Doctors, uh, which you can pre-order now from um, uh, Forbidden Planet, which I'll come on to in a sec. But now there's going to be a new run on with for the 12th Doctor, which is very cool. And they've released the covers uh, for those, which you can check out. Um, so I'll put links to the show notes and all this stuff. Um, but the covers look really cool. It's the... Because we haven't seen anything of Peter Capaldi in official capacity yet from the BBC other than that classic pose that you know that they release with him kind of um, pointing at the camera and you can see like his uh, his blazer come up a little bit and the red inside um, there isn't really much else that they can go on because I don't think they're allowed to use any of the um, behind the scenes photos and all that stuff that have been released um, just from um, journalists and, and fans and stuff. Uh, but the covers are quite cool. They've got this really nice um, uh, hand-drawn, hand-painted kind of style, which we've seen um, from the 10th and the 11th Doctor comics. Um, plus there's some variants as well. There's a Forbidden Planet variant. There's a blank one where you can draw your own cover. And there's um, a proper photograph variant as well. Uh, so that's very cool. And like I said, you can pre-order those um, from Forbidden Planet, the actual physical comic. And... Um, a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about these comics uh, at the time, the, the licensing was a bit um, iffy. So you could only order it uh, digitally if you lived in the UK, but if you're in the US, you could order the digital and the physical comic. But um, I'm not sure if forbidden planet are just importing loads of them or if they've overcome that licensing thing. Um, so I'm not sure, but there is start, there is still um, uh, rumors and, and, and writings around the net that um, this licensing thing is still causing a bit of an issue and you can only order it digitally in the UK. But um, Forbidden Planet seem to, you know, quite confidently take in lots of pre-orders for the actual physical comics. So I can only assume that they themselves as an, a singular retailer have got around that license issue or they're just going to bulk import loads of them 
and just hope that they're going to have enough. <laughs> so, uh, so that's very cool. Um, I have no idea what the uh, what the storyline is going to be yet for the Twelfth Doctor's uh, comic run. Um, but if you're into Doctor Who comics or comics in general, uh, then these are going to be very cool. And uh, they will be out. Well, the Twelfth Doctor issue will be out from October, uh, October first, actually, for the Twelfth Doctor and the tenth and the eleventh uh, comics. They will be out. Um, I think they're out pretty soon, actually. Uh, August time, uh, August September, something like that. So, uh, if you're a Who fan into your comics, then um, then check check those out. Next up, uh, really really good news. This one, um, Mr. Jazz Hands Barrowman, aka Captain Jack, um, and uh, executive producer Julie Gardner um, have got themselves MBEs, uh, which is awesome news because um, you know. John Barrowman, who's obviously very well known for not just being in Doctor Who and Torchwood, but, you know, he's quite a, a very big popular entertainer um, in, you know, films, TV, musicals, you know, the whole lot. But it is very cool because he's quite a, a prominent figure within the world of Doctor Who. This makes it all the more sweeter. Um, and Julie Gardner, obviously, who was, you know, hand in hand with Russell T. Davis, you know, practically you know, brought back Doctor Who. Uh, so that's very, very cool. And um, yeah, Mr. Barrowman had a, you know, had a quite a touching speech. Um, I don't think he was there to to accept the MBE in person at this time, but um, he did record this uh, really cool message. It's been the hardest thing for me to keep this a secret, but I'm glad it's out now because this is probably one of the proudest days of my life. The fact that I am able to celebrate it with my husband, Scott, the fact that my parents are still here to celebrate it with me, my family in, in Scotland, and also my brother and sister in the US. And I can't tell you how honored I am to get this MBE, to be recognized by Her Majesty, and also by uh, the United Kingdom, because that's where I consider my home, the UK, Scottish-born, proud to be Scottish, proud to be part of Great Britain, and proud to accept this honor. I am chuffed and I cannot say more than that. Thank you very much, everybody. And to the fans, this is also for you guys. It's amazing, thank you. So Mr. Mr. Barrowman there giving a, a really lovely speech, um, which is really well deserved because he's worked his, he has worked his ass off for the past, God, I don't know. He was, he was earning his stripes when I was, uh, when I was quite young watching, oh, what was it? Uh, Saturday morning TV Alive and Kicking I think it was or something like that um, and he was what he was working his nuts off because he was um, co-presenting that show um, in the morning and then in the evenings he was starring in uh, Miss Saigon on the West End so from you know years and years ago he's worked really really hard um, so really well deserved he received that MBE for um services to entertainment as well as um, a lot of contribution to charity which is very very cool um, and uh, Julie Gardner she received her MBE uh, for services um, to the economic development of the TV industry in Wales so that's very very cool seeing as Doctor Who um, since 2005 has been very much grounded in Wales and in Cardiff uh, that's really fitting that she, she should uh, uh, receive that MBE for that so that's really awesome news so uh, well done Really awesome. Uh, 
lastly in the news, we've got the uh, little bit of um, uh, nugget of info about the Doctor Who experience. Um, you've, you've probably seen on the blog and the last couple of episodes that I've talked a little bit about this um, in the put the uh, the episode before this uh, the last one I gave you a review of my uh, my thoughts after visiting the experience myself and it looks like they're going to give it a bit of a revamp to bring it up to speed with the new doctor so it's going to be closed for uh, 6 weeks from the 1st of September so what they're going to do in that time is uh, all the exhibits and stuff they're going to um, update and revamp everything to reflect uh, Peter Capaldi so that when um, when the doors reopen, you should be able to go in and there'll be a whole, well, I'm, I'm thinking possibly a whole new intro section, which is currently has got uh, Matt Smith running the show for that kind of interactive uh, little video tour that starts the experience off. And um, yeah, so I'm assuming that they're just going to update that part of it. Uh, so it's Peter Capaldi doing it. And plus, they're probably going to have some additional bits uh, actually inside the um, uh, the props and the costume section and stuff. So that's quite cool um, because the if you have listened to the uh, episode uh, four, five, four, five, five, um, where I talk about my uh, when I went to the experience and some of the things that I thought were great and some of the things I didn't think were so great I think uh, a change of scenery in there and a bit of a revamp is not a bad thing so uh, yeah so if you want to see Matt Smith doing the whole interactive um, intro and the first part of the tour you have until uh, the end of August Uh, so get yourselves over to Cardiff check it out and then after um, the revamp um, it's all going to be focused around Peter Capaldi so uh, if you haven't checked it out yet um, go and do that and uh, that will wrap for the news. Um, and then for TARDIS Talk, um, we're going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be talking about uh, five things that I'm looking forward to in Series 8. So, Episode seven's TARDIS Talk it's going to be around. I thought I'd, I would do this um, this kind of looking forward uh, segment here because um, I've always done, you know, since I started this podcast, when it comes to do like the discussion point and now I've recently renamed it to TARDIS Talk, uh, I've kind of looked at um, uh, issues that are happening at the moment in Doctor Who. So I've looked at maybe a, a, a news article and I've expanded on that or... Um, a personal review of something or something like that. But I thought in this one, it'd be cool to actually do a, re- not review, but a kind of um, a looking forward uh, uh, piece. And I wanted to focus on the new, on the new uh, series that's coming up uh, later this year, series eight uh, starring Peter Capaldi, because I haven't really, I haven't really spoken to um, that many people about it as yet. Um, my excitement for it is, kind of um, bubbling under the surface at the moment and uh, you know while I'm reading up on stuff and looking at all these set photos and tweets where people have been out to location and seen um, uh, Capaldi filming with uh, uh, with um, with Jenna Coleman and all those guys um, you know that's every time I see one of those posts or tweets my 
I do, my excitement level does kind of go up a little notch every time. So I think by the time uh, Series 8 rolls around and is ready ready to rock and roll, it's um, I think I'm going to be stupidly excited. Uh, so I thought I would put down five things, because um, everybody loves lists. We all love a top three or a top five. So I thought I'd put down top five, my top five things I'm looking forward to um, for Series 8 starting. And number one for me uh, is kind of an obvious one. Uh, it's going to be Mr. Capaldi himself. I think that's the that's the largest thing, you know, that that could happen for this this new series eight. Uh, it has to be the new Doctor, you know. It has to he has to be the focus because when you had Tennant or Smith um, already had one or two seasons under their belt, when you were looking forward to the new series starting again, the the Doctor himself wasn't so much of a focus. It was more about: Is there going to be a new companion? Is there going to? Are they going to re relaunch um, a monster from one of the classic um, eras? You know, they're going to do something funky like that. Whereas, you know, when there's a regeneration and there's the, a new Doctor, he has to be the focus. So, you know, rightly so for me, that has to be number one. And I've got to tell you, I'm really mega, super excited about Capaldi. And I'm not just saying that because it's just a buzz at the moment, um, which kind of seems to be the the thing with Doctor Who, doesn't it? That there seems to be whenever there's a poll or a competition or something, it seems to be based around what's the buzz at the time. And I didn't. I'm not saying this because you know I'm just caught up in the hype and all that sort of thing. I genuinely am so looking forward to Peter Capaldi playing the Doctor. I think it's a genius choice. Um, to cast him in the role. And I just love the... There's there's two things that I love about Peter Capaldi, um, which combine to make such a great actor. And the first one is intensity. If you've seen Capaldi in any, anything else that's not been comedic in any way, um, you'll... I mean, even actually, no, that's wrong. Even things like um, when he was playing Malcolm Tucker and stuff, when it was, you know, very... Uh, tongue-in-cheek awkwardly um, you know passive aggressively funny Um, even then like he was very very intense you know his facial expressions and his eyes and just the way that he just the gravitas that he has when he's in a scene and you know it's it's just awesome and the second thing is uh, the complete opposite of that which is that very timid quiet uh, almost reserved person, um, which is what I found him to be on the um, on the program that when they was doing the who's going to be the next doctor and they did that whole live show um, where you saw I think it was Zoe Ball uh, introduced the new doctor yeah it was Zoe Ball and um, you know he came out very reserved very composed and even when they were doing their interview he was very um, it was very controlled if you like you know there wasn't he wasn't jumping up and down he wasn't going crazy he wasn't you know missing a beat he was just very composed and controlled and that's that's the other thing that I like about him when you combine the two together um he it just makes he just makes such a good good performance um and I was surprised when they did that live show just how composed he was um if you think about all of the furore and all the craziness that you know, the whole studio just went absolutely ballistic when when she had called his name. Just have a listen. Please welcome the 12th Doctor, a hero for a whole new generation. It's 
Peter Capaldi! to say they like you. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that the mere mention of his name blew the roof off uh, the studio. Uh, Yeah, but even, you know, even after all of that craziness and stuff, he was still very uh, composed. So those two elements uh, combined together, uh, I think are going to make a really, really cool doctor. Uh, Number two for me is just going to be... just a complete different direction for the show, really. I think we've kind of come to uh, a natural, a natural end to the whole uh, storylines that uh, Stephen Moffat had put forward for for Matt Smith and so on. Uh, and I think it's going to be good just to have a completely new, just a new focus for the Doctor and a new, you know, something else that we can that we can invest in, really. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what the the writers and what Stephen Moffat can come up with um and I hope it's I hope it's something that's very very different you know not just a case of oh this is kind of like you know the Matt Smith stuff but it's just got a couple of extra bits that the doctor has to do or whatever I'm really hoping that they um they really give us something new for Doctor Who because it's not just uh, not just the storylines or the big story arc that went across the Matt Smith era. I think it's. I think we need um, something just completely different, you know, to to really pull us out of that uh, that whole um, Matt Smith kind of look and feel and stuff like that. So, uh, really looking forward to see where they can take the show because one of the cool things about uh, being a Doctor Who fan is. You know, it's a pretty safe bet that how long? I mean, how long has the longest Doctor had the role for? Was it Tom Baker? Um, but that was, you know, that wasn't you know mega mega long um, in in comparison to the entire show. So the good thing about Doctor Who is it's a pretty safe bet that you know after on average you know three three series of of being one Doctor, he's going to change. I'm going to have something else. Um, and I think, like I said, with the Matt Smith era, it feels like it's, it naturally ran its course. So it'll be really interesting to see where they take the show. So that's going to be cool. Uh, number three, this is something small, something weird, but I, I still really love it. It's the the, uh, the title sequence. I know it sounds crazy. It's like you can't really be looking forward to it that much, but I really do. I really love the um, most of the title sequences um, that they come up with for Doctor Who. And... Uh, I really, really liked the most recent one with Matt Smith where they took the music back to a more, so it reflects more of the classical era. It was very simple and very bass-led. And um, and then the actual visual part of it was really cool when you saw just part of his face, um, which was, um, I'm sure, was a, 
a reference back to how they used to do it in the classic era. So, which makes sense because it was, you know, the whole 50th anniversary thing. It kind of made sense. Um, so I'm really looking forward to, uh, to a new title sequence. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the music. Really not sure what they're going to do. If they're going to follow suit and put Capaldi's face in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, number four is going to be the development of Clara. Now, so far she's been, I've kind of warmed to Clara, I guess. I think she's quite a cool companion. Uh, but we just, I, I get the feeling that we've seen very little of what her character actually is because right now as it stands, I don't think she is much of a character. She seems to have been uh, different things for the same purpose so far. And uh, yeah, I'm not really sure, you know, exactly what her, you know, what her long-term kind of deal is at the moment. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to take her, um, the her storyline forward as a companion as well, because it's very easy to get uh, caught up and swept away in everything to do with um, the Doctor and Capaldi and, you know, everything new and fresh. But we mustn't forget that Clara's been around for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, she's had a couple of cool episodes, actually. And... Um, yeah, so really looking forward to see what they do with Clara. That should be cool. And I think we've got a couple of other new companions as well coming on board that we had uh, advertised to us um, a few months ago now. It's been around for a while. But I'm not sure if they're going to be full-time companions or just drop in and out, so I'm not really sure. But yeah, Clara, that should be cool where they take that. And number five um, for me is not really actually part of the show, but um, that there's going to be no season. Oh, man. So I'm going to put a pound in the in the jar every time I say season instead of series. Um, I just wind myself up and get angry. So let me just get a pound in the jar. Sorry about that. So the number five for me is there's going to be no series break, which is awesome because I absolutely hate it when these. Um, you kind of have to deal with it when American shows do that because it's more of their it's just been around for years and years and years and it's kind of just like the way it's done quote quote um but for you know uk series there's absolutely no reason to do it you know other, other than you know it just spoils the momentum of the show and it's uh it just it just leaves time in between that break just for um speculation and it, it it's kind of like when you're when you're going through a series and you've coming up to maybe the last two or three episodes and you can feel that that ramp up to like a cool finale. But then at the same time, you kind of feel like the series is winding down as well. So you've got that start and end feeling. Whereas when they put a break in the middle or two thirds of the way through, whatever, first of all, you lose the momentum and you think, oh, bloody hell. But then you also feel like you have to then get back into it, you know, when they bring it back for the second half. So you kind of, you've got this dip, you know, instead of having a nice constant, you know, investment of your time from start to end, you have this dip and it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's very cool. And I'm, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that has been confirmed. There's going to be no series break this time around, which is awesome. So, uh, so really, really happy about that. So there's my five things that I'm really looking forward to, um, about the uh, the new series, Series 8, which is going to be out 
before we know it. And uh, if you want to uh, chime in and tell me what you're looking forward to, um, please do let me know. Jump on uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Big Blue Box Podcast. Jump on there and tell me what you're looking forward to to Series 8, and we can compare notes. Uh, so that's TARDIS Talk. And this uh, episode's retrospective, uh, I'm going to be talking about a slightly more modern uh, story as opposed to a classic era. And um, that is going to be um, 2005's revival episode, Rose. Hold on, mind your eyes. I've had enough of this now. Oh, who are you then? Who's that lot down there? I said, who are they? They're made of plastic, living plastic creatures. And they're being controlled by a relay device in the roof, which will be a great big problem if I didn't have this. So, I'm going to go upstairs and blow it up. And I might well die in the process, but don't worry about me, no. You go on, go on, go and have your lovely beans on toast. Don't tell anyone about this, because if you do, you'll get them killed. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. So, 2005, we see um, Doctor Who come bouncing back onto our screens. And I love this episode. I don't know about any of you guys, but I absolutely love this episode. There's a, there's a, a certain charm to it, a certain, um, a certain feeling where you can tell that everybody involved, so the cast... Um, the, the writers and the crew, it's almost like new ground for them. Well, I guess to them at the time it was new ground, but, you know, I say that, you know, with a with a pinch of, um, you know, non-accuracy because they're not rebooting Doctor Who, they're just bringing it back because it's been around for so many years. It's not new ground in that respect, but, you know, you can just tell that it's all new. And, I mean, it's so, I don't know, it's just got a very fresh... Uh, different feel to it and I absolutely love this episode if I because at the moment while I'm kind of you know getting myself back into because I've been watching a lot of classic who recently um so if you guys are really into classic who you'll you agree with me that's not a bad thing at all um but in the run-up to series eight coming you know I was going to say coming back then (laughs) in the run-up to series eight launching later this year I've now started to go back to um, the the relaunched Who uh, from 2005 and just picking out, you know, some key episodes that I feel from each Doctor um, that are going to run up to hopefully slot in nicely for when Capaldi joins us. Um, and I always start with this one. If I'm going to start, you know, checking out Doctor Who from 2005, I always go to this one first because it's like an unearthly child in some respects. You know, it's that one episode where if it wasn't right and if it wasn't nailed completely, we probably wouldn't have it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it just works. It just works. And the thing that I like about it is it doesn't go to, it doesn't try to accomplish the world in just one pilot or, or the opening, you know, episode to a, to a series. You know, it's a fairly simplistic story um, where we're introduced to the companion first um then we get the bad guys and then finally which isn't like a really nice reveal we get the doctor and i really like the way that they did that because they don't just go straight in with you know here's the guy playing the doctor this is what it's all about they had this level of assumption 
that you kind of knew what what Doctor Who was and you kind of knew what the setup was already. Even if you'd never seen Doctor Who before, um, surely, you know, a lot of people, if, you know, if you're, if you were tempted to, if you were tempted to watch this episode when it first aired in 2005 in the first place, then there's a very, very good chance that you would have at least, you would have at least heard of Doctor Who before. And that's what I like about it. They didn't just go in with a, because some, some, you know, I've seen a couple of TV shows before that have done that where they don't they don't let the the viewer go into it on their own steam and their own accord and you know work the 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 setup and the plot and the characters for themselves. They give you like a almost like a tutorial of how you know how it's going to work. Whereas this one, it just kind of eased you in. So, like I said, you weren't introduced to the Doctor immediately. You weren't. It wasn't shoved in your face that this is the Doctor and this is Doctor Who. They they had a level of assumption about it that you kind of knew what was what was to be expected from watching it. And I, I love that about it. Um, but then once a doctor is, you know, it doesn't take too long for him to be into it. Let's be honest. It's it's not like he's revealed at the end or anything like that. It doesn't take too long for him to get into it. But then once he does, it's just a very cool ride after that. And I really like um, uh, Rose, Billy Piper in this. She's got this, you know, she's got this naivety about her and this... Um, this kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? But at the same time, she's very assured and very non-phased immediately by stuff, you know. So she, so she plays the, the companion part very well, unbeknownst to her, because it's not until, you know, right at the end of the episode that the Doctor offers, you know, gives her the offer to go with him and travel and be be his companion. But before that, when she's taken on, um, the Nestine, and Autons and stuff like that, you know, she's not. She doesn't know that she's been that that's what a companion kind of does for the doctor. She's just doing it and she's not really phased by stuff. So she plays a companion really well. The overall story is pretty cool. Um I love the fact that they brought back a classic um a classic uh monster from from a really, really good uh classic um episode. So the Autons, which obviously we would have seen um from Spearhead from Space. Um, with John Pertwee that was a very cool episode I loved that classic story so I thought it was really fitting that they didn't go straight in because they could have done this like way over the top but that to me would have been forced it would have been like an you know would have been over over the top to try and please everybody so they could have gone in with really big intro to the Doctor and what Doctor Who is about they could have put Daleks in there Cybermen the whole lot but they didn't you know they treated the entire first series as a as a proper series and they just left it you know to me anyway they left it at the right time to introduce those really big popular monsters from back in the day so i love the fact that they brought back a really cool um villain um but not one of the massive popular ones that you would associate with doctor who today like daleks or stuff like that um so yeah so story's quite cool um the nesting consciousness is uh living under the London eye. It's broadcasting to all these shop dummies and stuff. Uh, a doctor's onto it, gets Rose involved between the two of them. They crack it. And at the end, he offers offers her the chance to be his companion, which she kind of doesn't take at first because, you know, Mickey's giving it a bit of a whine and, you know, she's a bit unsure and stuff like that. But then, you know, the doctor, you know, he puts the good sales pitch in there and, and off she goes. 
and uh and yeah it's just a really cool really cool I mean, it, it really helps me that i i love chris eccleson as a doctor as well i think he was so good and i'm gutted that we didn't see more of him and even more gutted that he didn't come back which i'm not surprised about to be honest with you but i'm pretty gutted that he didn't come back for the 50th um but yeah i really love him as the doctor i think he's got this very a very good kind of darker side to him and uh yeah, he just makes for a very good makes for a very good watch. I'm not saying he's the best doctor, but it makes for a really really good watch and some of the episodes from his first and only uh series are really really good. Like I was watching one earlier today when I was doing prep for this uh, podcast which was um the episode called and I can't remember for life of me what it's called now. Um oh, uh, the empty child. Uh, are you my mummy? And uh, that's a fabulous episode. Really, he's really, really good in that. Um, so Rose, really, really love this one. If you, I'm not going to say if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because if you haven't seen it, you probably won't be listening to this podcast. But uh, it's one of those episodes where I can just comfortably dig it out and pop it on if I want some newer Doctor Who to watch, and I just want to go through and pick out a couple of episodes from each Doctor. Uh, so really, really, really love Rose. Rate it really highly. It's got a really nice charm to it, a nice feel about it. It's got that first um, feeling just written all over it, a bit like an unearthly child. It's got that, not naivety, but it's got that fresh, you know, uncharted territory kind of feel to it, and it's very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rose, very, very cool. Right then, I'll be off. Unless, uh, I don't know, you could come with me. This box isn't just a London op, you know, it goes anywhere in the universe. Free of charge. Don't. He's an alien, he's, he's a thing. He's not invited. What do you think? You could stay here, fill your life with work and food and sleep, or you could go uh, anywhere. Is it always this dangerous? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I've, um, I've got to go and find my mum and someone's got to look after this stupid lamp, so. Okay. See you around. So that was the, the offer, the offer at the end of Rose. And I was, I remember when I first watched this and I have to confess, I wasn't into, I'm, I'm fully expecting a load of, <gasps> you know, at this bit, but I wasn't, I wasn't actually into or watching Doctor Who when this was, when this came back in 2005. I'm a relatively newbie uh, Doctor Who fan. I've been into it for about four years now, possibly five years. And uh, so I wasn't actually into it when it's aired, but I remember when I did watch it for the first time, I was actually quite surprised that, that Rose didn't just jump at the chance to go and travel with a doctor when he says like, you know, you can, you know, come and travel with me. And, you know, it doesn't just, it's not just about traveling around London. We can go anywhere in space and time. And, uh, you know, she's got that, yeah, kind of dragged down, got commitments, got ties kind of thing. And I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. But then, you know, literally within a matter of minutes, she's, uh, you know, when he, I think, he pops back up and he says, you know, did I mention it travels in, you know, we can travel in time as well. And that just kind of seals a deal for her. And, uh, 
yeah, I just thought that was awesome. Really cool. And lastly, uh, also what I love about Rose is the the way in which the Doctor carries himself uh, reminds me a lot of uh, William Hartnell. So at times he's got this very stern, almost grumpy, uh, grumpy old man kind of syndrome going on. And uh, I just think that's, the, you know, the way that he... Uh, portrays the doctor has got this really cool um almost like you know old beyond his time and i excuse the pun i really don't mean that like literally but he's got this kind of old before his time uh kind of thing and i think that relates to i think that ties in really nicely to you know how how he's been affected from recent events because in this very first episode actually we actually you know it's straight away we we get mention of the time war and obviously as we've gone through the the last few years of doctor who and especially the 50th anniversary we've we know obviously about the doctor's struggle with himself and his decisions that have had to be made within the time war so he's kind of got that roughed up that roughed up kind of uh you know he's seen a lot of stuff bad stuff over the last however many hundreds of years um yeah and he's got that very kind of stern grumpy old old man William Hartnell kind of stuff going on but then we know literally within you know a click of his fingers almost he's got that zany quirky you know really you know bouncing off the ceiling you know energy about him which I love really love Chris Chris Eccleston a really good doctor so uh yeah been checking out Rose really really liked it um and I'm going to try and do a couple more um kind of newer Doctor Who episodes um, in the retrospectives and before I go back to the classic ones so that will uh, hopefully give it a bit more of a, a bit more of a modern feel to the podcast and also gives me more time to go and watch some classic stuff before I can talk about it uh, so that's Rose that's a retrospective and uh, that is going to wrap for episode seven <laughs> So thank you very much for joining me for episode seven. It's been very cool giving you the news, the news, the views, the roundups, all that jazz. I hope you've enjoyed my waffling about uh, Capaldi in series eight and the uh, the very, very cool episode Rose from 2005 with Chris Eccleston. This has been brought to you by the Big Blue Box podcast.co.uk. If you want to uh, follow me on Twitter and you can also let me know about your um, what you're looking forward to as well um, for Series 8 arriving later this year uh, fire me some tweets you can find me on Twitter at BigBlueBoxPCast or if you want to jump over to Facebook start a conversation about it over there facebook.com forward slash BigBlueBoxPodcast I will see you next time in Episode 8 until then be good and Alonzi Alonzi